Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Hello, everybody. I hope you are doing great this week. I'm going to hop right into the topic of this episode, which is intuitive eating versus macro counting, and give you some definitions of both I, and um, how I kind of use them within my own practice with clients as well as with myself. A lot of people ask me questions about these two ways of sort of approaching food or a way of eating. And often I find um, when I talk about intuitive eating, that gets confusing for some people a little bit. So we're going to clarify some of those things um, and also talk a little bit about counting macros and when it can be helpful and maybe, maybe even harmful for some of us. So I do use both these methods with clients that I'm helping um, to get healthy and lose weight. And I personally use intuitive eating these days, but have over the past used macro counting to kind of help me get on my journey to where I wanted my body to be at that specific time and really just to feel good in my skin. So I have definitely had lots of experience with both. Counting macros is kind of like counting calories like we kind of all used to do back in the day. Counting calories can still work for some people, especially people who have a lot of weight to lose. Um, the truth is counting calories can work. Um, I just don't personally believe that that method is very optimal. What I see when people do that is they end up choosing, you know, maybe not the best um, foods for their health. So even though with people who have a lot of weight to lose, counting calories can be helpful um, because you know they're just taking in less energy and they're keeping track of that. So they definitely lose weight. But if you have more like only five to 25 pounds to lose, counting calories becomes a little less helpful, at, le- at least in my experience with clients and myself. As you lose weight or... Um, you know, the less weight you have to lose, then that's where sort of the macronutrients um, you take in have more effect on weight loss. So if I have a client who has only eight pounds to lose, if I simply have them counting calories, they could be taking in 1800 calories of chocolate and ice cream and cookies every day. And although this actually will help someone with 50 plus pounds to lose weight, someone with less weight to lose is, is going to have a really tough time losing, you know, that five to eight pounds because they're definitely, you know, on a, on, if that's all they're eating where it's mostly, you know, carbs without nutrients, uh, they are definitely going to lose muscle, which then becomes a big issue for those of us who are a bit older and trying to drop some pounds. And honestly, at any age, if, if you're, um, losing a lot of muscle, you know, on a diet like that, you're going to have issues with metabolism, with burning more calories. Like you're going to have to keep, uh, bringing your calorie load lower and lower and lower. So, so in that instance, counting macros is really helpful, uh, for some of my clients is this, this helps them to understand 
how each macronutrient, protein, fat, carb, um, is really important to eat to optimize weight loss and health. And and not just drop weight, but optimize the weight loss, weight loss to help keep it off, and for health. And and not only that, but eat in a way um, that affects them emotionally and mentally in a positive way, it, you know. And so, understanding specific macronutrients that we're getting within our diet really is important. Getting a specific ma- amount of protein in your diet for optimal weight loss long term maintaining muscle, keeping metabolism revving, all those sorts of things, that really does get important. And so that's why the counting of macronutrients can be so helpful because it gives a client an idea of what they're actually taking in, especially in my world in regards to protein. Um, You know, when I spoke about also you want to be eating in a way that helps boost our emotional life and mental life in a positive way, you know that is something I plan to cover on another episode. But just just taking the the idea that the food we take in absolutely not only affects our physical body, but it absolutely affects our mental and emotional health. And you know that affects everything: our relationships, how we show up in the world, um, all those things. So really important to just consider that as well. That the food we eat, the macronutrients we take in, really does have an effect not only physically on us, but mentally and emotionally as well. So intuitive eating often gets misinterpreted as just eating whatever you feel like eating, what my intuition is telling me to eat. My intuition is telling me to eat a quart of ice cream every night, and I'm intuitively eating, so I better eat it. Uh, yeah, so that's a no. (laughs) So this is not intuitive eating. I've heard many people say that the term intuitive eating is kind of a poorly chosen name for this type of eating. And I'd agree just because it often leads to that misinterpretation. But at this point, we're kind of stuck with it. So we're just going to go with it. True intuitive eating, like TM with the trademark behind it. So true intuitive eating, the original idea is actually, um, you know, it's like a self-care framework for eating. It's a relationship with food that does incorporate like instinct, also emotional and rational thought. So its purpose is to promote a really kind of, you know, healthy attitude um, that is freeing and healthy and, um, and just more positive for food, around food, and also um, our body image. So that's really the goal of intuitive eating, and that's why intuitive eating can work. Once once skills are learned around it, it can work really well for anyone who has suffered with binge eating or um, emotional eating or just overeating. So I do teach intuitive eating skills to my clients who are kind of ready to move into that space and to really help them create that healthy relationship with food and their bodies while also losing weight. So the premises that are taught with intuitive eating actually can be applied to losing weight. Although, you know, in some intuitive eating circles, this would be seen as not really the point, you know. In some intuitive eating circles, it really gets into it has nothing to do with weight. You might even have to gain weight um, in order to utilize this way of eating. But I disagree. Um, 
I do agree that eventually utilizing true intuitive eating skills means moving away you know, from needing to lose weight because you will already be there and you're just going to be maintaining your goal weight and you will be happy and excited about the body you're in and loving it. But initially learning this way of eating with a few tweaks can still help people lose weight in a much easier fashion. So one other just side note, there is a difference between mindful eating and intuitive eating because that's another one that often gets um, misconstrued. People think intuitive eating is mindful eating and actually that's not true. Mindful eating is a part of intuitive eating. It's one of the ideas um, that you teach within intuitive eating. It's just one aspect along with many others um, within the intuitive eating framework. So First thing we're going to talk about with intuitive eating is rejecting the diet mentality. So if if you're not sure what diet mentality is, it's really a word that's getting thrown around a lot lately um, in regards to a belief system or sort of a, a state of mind and guidelines and rules that kind of decide your food choices for you without taking into account hunger, fullness, cravings, daily life changes, all those things. So it's like it the example would be I can't eat cookies because it's unhealthy. Um, it's past 7 p.m. and I'm really hungry, but I can't eat past 7 p.m. I only another one would be I only eat carbs if I earn them by working out. Um, I don't eat sugar. I only eat 300 calories at every meal. You you get the idea. A diet mentality allows for very little wiggle room. There's there's not a lot of flexibility. And in order to tune into your body, you need to really start to learn the physical sensations of hunger and fullness. So many clients who will say, I don't know if I've even felt hunger in years. Some people have to really relearn their hunger and satiety skills in order, and in order to do this, you really have to get out of that diet mentality you might be carrying around. So what I will say about this is that there's sometimes certain aspects of diet mentality. Um, w- okay, so this part of diet mentality, I'm going to just describe as guidelines. And these can actually be helpful for weight loss. So, you know, I have the guideline of not even eating after 6 p.m. And this guideline comes from, if it comes from a place of love, like self care and kindness towards myself and my health then these can be wonderful aspects to use to help guide you to health. So the first premise of intuitive eating for me is a wonderful, helpful idea for many people at certain times. At other times for other people, they may need to use some guidelines for a while to get healthy. As long as these guidelines, it really matters the energy behind the guidelines. You know, if it's like, I'm going to have dry January or dry February, as long as it is out of, because I'm really working on taking care of myself, because I really feel that could help me feel better and I really care about myself, so I'm going to do it. The energy behind that sort of guideline is so different than, um, you know, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so fat and so overweight, I'm going to have to cut out alcohol for a month because I just, I can't live this way, nobody's going to love me, I can't stand myself. The energy behind the guidelines you set really matters. You can 
play this out a little bit in your head, just where this would go. The energy behind out of kindness, love, and and all that sort of thing is probably going to allow this person to really feel good and make it easier to stick with no drinking. Whereas the energy behind the other one, we both know, we all know what happens when we get into that mentality, when we're using the guideline with energy behind it of, I can't stand myself, I hate myself, I'm so gross, those sorts of things, you can right away play out how that's going to end up self-sabotaging us, probably end up drinking, probably end up over drinking, probably end up overeating. So anyway, that's just a little side note about the energy behind the guidelines and that sometimes guidelines are important. All right, next premise of intuitive eating is honoring your hunger. So keeping your body fed with adequate energy um, is really important. Otherwise, you can really trigger... um, what I would call like that primal drive to overeat. So once you reach, once as humans, we reach the moment of excessive excessive hunger, all intentions of moderate, conscious, responsible eating are really out the window. So learning to honor this first biological signal sets the stage for rebuilding trust in yourself and in food. This is this one is really important for any of us who have past or current patterns of starving ourselves to try to get to a specific body composition or using a lot of restriction. Many of you have used the method of restricting food and over-exercising to re- reach body comp goals. That's That was absolutely me for so many years. After years of this, we, we really start to lose the ability to feed ourselves when we're hungry. Our our bodies and brains start to believe they will never be fed. And so our body and brain starts conserving energy, which means you end up packing on the pounds while eating less and less food. Yes, this definitely does happen. It's also going to throw up, your brain's going to throw up these huge urges to binge or at least to overeat often, kind of creates patterns around these behaviors. So energy runs so low in these situations that it can be really hard to function. Lots of issues come up with this type of behavior when you're not honoring your hunger. Learning to honor your hunger after you've been restricting or starving yourself to get the body you want is so important for healing mental, emotional, and physical health. Eating when you're hungry retrains your brain over time that you will take care of it. You will feed it, and eventually your brain and body believe you will take care of it, and your metabolism will start to rev up again as the body and brain stop feeling or stop impulsing that need to conserve energy. And often what also will happen, those uncontrollable urges to eat start to fade over time, and that can be a very magical place. Many of you understand that. The next premise is making peace with food. So this is where you really have to give yourself unconditional permission to eat, which for many of my clients freaks them out, freaked me out for a long time too, because it's like, if I give myself unconditional permission to eat, I'm going to eat all the things. But this, this is a bit of a paradox. Just, I'm going to walk you through this a, a little bit. If you tell yourself that you can't or shouldn't have a particular food, it can really lead to intense feelings of deprivation and restriction 
that then build into sort of this uncontrollable craving, binging, overeating. When you finally give in to your forbidden food, eating will be experienced with such an intensity it almost results in, you know, the concept of, um, you know, I've heard before someone use the concept of the last supper, you know, where it's just like, I got to eat all the things right now. I'll start tomorrow, but I've got to eat all the things right now, like the last supper you're ever going to have. So that overeating and then that overwhelming guilt. I have a client who I offered this idea to of giving yourself permission to eat anything you want. So she was constantly trying to lose weight and wanted to start a new type of eating quite often. Finally, I told her, you know, I just want you to adopt um, this sentence, this this thought, and, and start telling yourself this as often as possible. I can eat anything I want to eat. I am in control of what I put in my mouth. Sometimes I choose to eat the thing I want. Sometimes I don't, but I am allowed anything. So as soon as she started practicing this thought, she stopped overeating as much and obsessing about food or a specific way of eating. And when that happens, we get out of that fight or flight, our body relaxes, we get into that parasympathetic um, place of of relaxation and calmness around food. And when we de-stress like that, that's an also a hormonal cascade that we then experience around food where our body's not stressed. And so that ability to drop fat is even more present when you adopt that sort of thinking. When we incorporate that sort of sentence, this thought for many of us as restrictors and then overeaters or restrictors and then we binge, It solves almost everything at once because as soon as you start thinking this, I can have anything I want, the restriction mentality falls away. Your brain starts to believe you and so it rests and it becomes more calm. And the paradox is when you incorporate this belief over time through on-purpose thinking it, over time you eat less, you stop the binging and overeating, or at least it lessens considerably. Because if you can't have, if you can have the ice cream anytime you want, you stop wanting it so much. The urges for it start to go away. They start feeling less intense. So this is a really big one for many of us. Really, really important to make that peace with food. Another premise of intuitive eating is what they call challenge the food police, not my favorite term, but you know, the idea is, is that there might be lots of thoughts in your head that scream things like you are so good for eating minimal calories or you are really bad because you ate a piece of chocolate cake. So the food police in your brain sort of monitor the unreasonable rules that diet culture has sort of created. So the police station house is buried deep in your psyche and it's loudspeaker shouts, negative comments, hopeless phrases, guilt, guilt provoking thoughts. So it's really important to understand, first of all, be aware that this is going on in your head. And then once you're aware of it, start to really challenge these thoughts and shift away from them. So I use um, the AC or the acceptance and commitment therapy model throughout 
all of my therapy and, and coaching. So my therapy clients and my coaching clients. And so I would say that this is, this is where I just sort of disagree with the terminology, not really about chasing the food police away, but more about recognizing when they're in your brain and telling you these things. So again, that awareness and then coming to, to the thoughts with energy of, of allowing and of understanding. So it's maybe a little gentler approach. Um, and so gently telling, you know, your brain when it's throwing up these kind of thoughts, I know you're trying to help, but I'm trying something else out or what you are saying is not true. And if I choose to believe you, I will feel terrible and then overeat more. So I'm not going to listen to you today. Really, truly having that sort of non-emotional neutral conversation with your brain when it throws up those thoughts can be so helpful here. The, the idea is to find a sentence that helps you allow and accept those thoughts while reminding yourself of that it is untrue and then moving into a different thought that does not produce guilt or shame around something you ate. So really getting out of that black and white thinking, um, you know, you can allow for it, but getting out of it through being aware, allowing it, and then shifting it into something that is more truthful or let's just say more useful for you is really important. Another premise, discovering the satisfaction factor. Um, they talk about here, the Japanese have the wisdom to keep pleasure as one of their goals of healthy living. So in our, our sort of um, compulsion to align with diet culture, we we really do overlook one of the more foundational um, what I would call a gift of existence, the pleasure and satisfaction that can be kind of found in eating, the eating experience. So this is a little bit about mindful e- mindfulness, um, mindful eating skills. So when you eat what you really want in an environment that is inviting, the, the pleasure you derive from eating is going to be a really powerful force in helping you feel satisfied and content. So just remembering it's not just the food that makes us feel satisfied and content. It is also the company we are in when we are eating. It is also the environment we eat in. So by providing a really kind of top-notch experience for yourself when you're eating, you're going to find it it sort of, um, it takes just the right amount of food for you to decide if you've had enough. And, And so when we make sure we are eating in an environment like that and practicing our mindfulness skills, we tend to eat less because we really become satisfied quicker. Um, and it's just much easier to tap into knowing when you're full. So this would just be part of where mindful eating skills come into play and mindful eating skills can be learned. I teach my clients these skills all the time and it really can be very, very helpful. Another one that's really important that I work on with clients a lot, and this was a big one for me to work on, is really feeling your fullness. So in honor to, in order to kind of honor your fullness, you need to trust that you're going to give yourself the foods that you desire. So listen for body signals that tell you you are no longer hungry. Observe the, the signs that, that show you're comfortably full. Pausing in the middle of eating can be really helpful and asking yourself how the food tastes and what your current hunger level is. So learning to check in with your hunger level 
before, during, and after eating is really important. Learning to feel fullness really does come naturally to many people, but for many of us, for different reasons, we're very disconnected from our body's sensations that tell us we're full. And if we're not connected with that fullness and satisfied feeling, we will often overeat and or eat until very uncomfortably overfull and stuffed. I have so many clients where, you know, they talk about this a lot, where they, you know, they almost know they're full, they're satisfied, but they just keep eating and eating and eating um, until they're over full, totally stuffed, can't even move away from the table, have to unbuckle pants, you know, that whole feeling. And of course, if we overstuff ourselves, overeat ourselves, this does lead to weight gain. Couple things to look for to signal you are full if you really have no idea, um, because some of us don't, is to eat slower. Um, and to eat slower, you can do tricks like eat with your non-dominant hand. If you're right-handed, eat with your left hand. Slowing your eating time down really gives your body more time to process your food and then to release those fullness hormones. So you have an easier time recognizing when your body has had enough and you will most likely be able to stop eating sooner. Many of us have individual signals as well. And so these are just, these are things you have to really pay attention individually for. If if you find yourself thinking the thought, um, during a meal, am I still hungry? And if the answer that comes back is maybe, or I'm not sure, you're probably full. That would be a good time to just stop eating if you cannot answer with a different, definite yes to that question. So, so stop eating, assume you're full, and the worst case scenario is you got the signal wrong and you can, if you get hungry later, you can go back and eat. But this one thing allows allows most people to lose some weight because, um, you know, tuning in and just paying attention and being mindful in that moment of fullness signals. Typically, we will, and if we're eating slower, we will stop eating sooner. We won't eat as much. Now, there are some of us who also have the compulsion to clean our plate, and that's a whole other thing um, that I work on with people as well. But the idea is once you really get in tune with these fullness signals, to try a couple of things to slow down eating, it can be a, a really amazing way to start dropping weight without feeling that you're restricting anything or having to implement anything super difficult. I hope you are finding something useful from these episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit. This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you are getting a lot from it and want to help keep it going, please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode and then you will see it says support this podcast and then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link and that's where you can support the podcast. Even the smallest donation like 99 cents helps to keep me producing the podcast. And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me. Again, just very thankful for all of you. Another premise of intuitive eating is coping, what they call coping with your emotions with kindness. It's first recognizing that food restriction 
both physically, but also mentally. So if you have restrictive thoughts about food, even that can and in itself trigger loss of control. We talk about, I've talked about this probably in almost every episode that I've put put out there, but you know, so it can trigger this loss of control when you have restriction, which then can feel like emotional eating. So finding kind, compassionate ways to comfort, uh, to nurture, to distract, and sort of move through these issues is really important. Um, anxiety, loneliness, boredom, anger, they're all, like all the emotions, we're going to experience them throughout our entire lives, no matter what. Each emotion kind of has its own trigger thought and each has its own strategy or behavior to try to calm the emotion. And a lot of us go to food to try to calm that emotion or to create an emotion that we want to feel. So reminding ourselves and doing the thought work around food will not fix any of these things. Food does not fix feelings. It can comfort in the short term. It can distract from the pain. It can even numb us, but it does not solve the problem that is the problem thought that's creating those feelings. So if anything, eating for for emotional hunger may only make you feel worse in the long run. I would say always makes us feel worse in the long run. And you'll ultimately have to deal with the source of the emotion anyway at some point. So this is why learning to really, really feel your feelings is so important for weight loss. Um, I've done a couple episodes with that as the theme. So you can go back and listen to some of that if you know you might be one who really needs to start learning to feel those feelings so that you can diffuse them and move through them um, versus trying to eat them, like eat to calm them, which then turns into the vicious cycle of eating more and gaining weight and, and then being um, really not, and then being really disappointed in yourself and the shame and the guilt and the cycle continues. Um, all right. There's a couple more premises with intuitive eating, like getting some movement in and those sorts of things. Honestly, I can get most of my clients to drop weight without um, any sort of major exercise uh, program. And often I just recommend that they do a little bit of walking here and there more just to try to get them outside a little bit. But that movement can be wonderful, um, but definitely is not something to be used for weight loss. Um, so moving is great for our mental and emotional well-being. Um, abs- of course, there are some physical benefits of movement, absolutely. But what I'm talking about here is that sometimes, um, you know, people believe that, and this was me for a long time, like, you know, if I work out this hard, then I can eat this. And that's a really slippery slope. It really does not match up. So movement, exercise, all that sort of stuff should be done more in the mindset of I'm doing this because it makes me feel good. I feel better emotionally. And then the trickle-down effect is when we feel better, we probably are better with our food choices and our emotions and all those sorts of things. Um, I will say, because I do also work with um, you know, some people who uh, you know compete, um, amateur athletes, that sort of thing, or people who work out a ton. I, I come from a CrossFit background, so those are just a lot of my connections, and these are people who are 
working out all the time and training really hard. And, um, you know, there is a part where, you know, fuel, they can eat more is the truth, you know, because they're burning so much, but it still comes down to if those athletes want to lose weight, I always, if they're over exercising and all those things, um, and by the way, just think about this. There are a lot of over exercisers or people who train all the time who are overweight. And the reason for that is because when you overtrain or you exercise too much, your body is just dying for food. So it, it throws up all the overeating urges and all that sort of stuff. So those people can actually have a lot of weight. So when I get those athletes and they want to drop a few pounds, um, actually the first thing I've done with every single one of them is lessen their exercise load. And by just doing that, I have had clients drop weight. Um, if I can get them more into just a movement routine, they can still train really strong, but you know, I'm talking about when they're overdoing it to where they keep putting on pounds and putting on pounds because the body is not balanced. So those are just some, um, you know, I guess kind of on a tangent about the movement piece, but okay. Last one. So you really want to make food choices that honor your health and taste buds while making you feel good. So remember, you know, you do not have to eat perfectly to be healthy. You're not suddenly going to get like a nutrient deficiency or become unhealthy from one snack, one meal, or one day of eating. It is what you eat consistently over time that matters. So progress, not perfection, is what counts. And little caveat, some of you do have special diets out there, and I understand that. There's allergies and all those things. So I'm not saying to go eat the food that causes you to have you know, um, a really bad physical reaction. I am talking in general about people who do not need to eat specifically, um, for a health reason, but are also trying to drop weight. So, you know, getting into that mentality of is progress, not perfection. I'm not always going to eat perfectly and I don't need to eat perfectly to be healthy and lose the weight I want to lose. With each client I have, I do partner with them to decide with them what type of eating might be best to start them with. So for some, it is simply counting macros and having a daily plan of small specific behaviors to engage engage in um, that they do really, really well on. They need a little bit more of that structure at first. Um, it helps them feel motivated to stick with it for a couple weeks to initially drop some weight so then they're motivated to keep going on. But for others, we hop right into teaching intuitive eating. For some, I do a mixture of both. The The point here is that I ask questions about lifestyle. If there is any binge, past binge eating or current binge eating behaviors, overeating, how much overeating is happening, um, the, the thought patterns that the client currently has running in the background, past diet experience, their family life, their work life, um, the lifestyle they're living right now. Each individual is dealing with different situations and a different personality. So understanding yourself and asking yourself some questions on which style might initially work best for you is really important. Eventually, the goal of my program is when a client hits his or her maintenance goal for weight, they are already using a system that is completely doable for life. It's easy, it's simple, and for them, it does not feel like work or take energy. It's just very um, 
I guess we could use the word intuitive in nature. So I hope that gives you some ideas on how to begin to think about implementing a specific way of eating for your weight loss, whether it's macros you're thinking about or intuitive eating or um, something like that. I found both methods can be effective for different individuals. Different individuals do well using one or the other or sometimes both or at different times in their lives. It all really comes down to you, that unique you and figuring out what is accomplishable for you. That is the key. It has to be doable. It has to be accomplishable. So if you found anything useful from this episode, would you take the time to subscribe or like the podcast um, and maybe also give a review? When you subscribe, you will get the newest episode automatically every time they're released. And it just helps me keep the information um, headed out there on these episodes. I really appreciate you listening and and taking the time um, to think about uh, being willing to consider making those small changes in your life to get you closer to your goals and dreams. You can head over to all my social media stuff for more resources. I have a recipes only page at Peak Protein Recipes on Instagram, um, just a collection of recipes, high protein, low carb. Um, and then you can also go over, follow me at Instagram for more information that I post weekly, and that is at Heinen Counseling and Coaching. Name is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N, and also to my website, heatherheinen.com. If you keep listening right now, you'll get a little bit more detailed information on all that kind of stuff. So enjoy the rest of your week and work on one behavior from this episode that we talked about today and see what changes come about for you. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services. Thank you.